Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, can a crime-hunting Pokemon be the next threat to the Avengers? How to cope emotionally with the fallout from Endgame? And does the return of Pennywise mean scary times are yet to come? All this as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is our own Pennywise from Humanica Media. You got to check out everything that's going on today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. I normally say what's going on, man, but with you, man, there is always a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, man. Just uh, a lot of exciting things going on. Big announcement to make soon. I finished Assassin's Creed Fate of Atlantis. I've just been a busy man, you know, just just doing this. You can check out my review online now at popculturecosmos.com of Yonder Cloudcatcher. Just doing all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. It's all over the place. You want to check out the Yonder review. You have to check it out today on the popculturecosmos.com site and a lot of other good stuff that's coming up for him as well. Just stay tuned right here to our shows and you'll be able to check out everything that's going on in the world of Josh Peterson. I'm trying to make it like, you know, Disney, you know, you told type universe. There's a yeah, no, Josh, it's, a, uh, it's a, it's a cinematic universe. We're talking there you go. Yeah. The Peterverse. There you go. Ooh. Peterverse. Might want to change the phrasing a little bit, but I like where it's going. <laughs> But we're going to have a great episode for everyone out there today. Want to be talking a little bit about a little Pikachu. The Pikachu so cute. He's going to be challenging the Avengers this weekend at the box office. We're going to talk about how those two are going to collide. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking at the back end of the show about the latest It Chapter 2 trailer. And also whatever that was when it concerns the Watchmen. And we're going to be talking about that, trying to figure it out ourselves. We're not even sure, but we're going to talk about that at the back end of the show. Plus also as well, we've got three great guests on today in two different interviews. First up, we've got Rayson Chu of the Singapore Institute of Mental Health and the Regacy Show that's available now on Anchor and so many other different outlets. He's going to stop by. Plus also Jenny and Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspectives podcast. Their show is available on Libsyn, Spotify, and so many other great outlets. 
The reason why I have all those great guests on today is the fact we're, we were talking at length about if you were on that high in watching Avengers Endgame and you're on a little bit of a letdown, you're, you're come down now because it, it's just the, the excitement's gone by for it and, and you've already watched it once or twice and, and you're realizing what is there next for you in regards to whatever it is you want to be looking towards to. We're going to talk to both of them exactly on how not only to cope with the events going on in Avengers Endgame, but there is, for a lot of people out there, a lot of excitement that was generated that once you get off that adrenaline, it's really hard to go ahead and and fully function once again. And those guests are coming on to really tell you how best to cope with the fallout from Avengers Endgame both from an on-screen and off-screen perspective and how to go ahead and, and keep that positive attitude going on for whatever it is you want to go ahead and do post-Endgame. But first up, my friend, it's going to be another great weekend at the box office. The first true challenger to Avengers Endgame is now appearing in theaters, and that is Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu does seem like a viable contender to the number one slot as far as at least the domestic box office And I have a feeling a lot of international slots as well because Detective Pikachu comes in with a lot of hype, a lot of good buzz. And my friend, I ask you this, with all the stuff going in and and all the hype, could this be the biggest video game adaptation movie of all time? Biggest? uh, Maybe. I mean, it's hard to see. I mean, you got Ryan Reynolds doing the voiceover for Detective Pikachu. The the cast is really good. I'll I'll give him that. And the reviews are coming in really great. But we've made early predictions. Uh, Remember with with Tomb Raider 2 and Tomb Raider didn't end up coming out the gate so hot. So I want to say yes. Well, and when you kinda... said that, I didn't think it looked so hot. <laughs> no, you're going to take the blind with me, man. I want it to do well. I hope it does well because it looks like a really fun movie and it's got a lot of talent attached to it. And if anything, like this is a very good quality video game adaptation. So if people can see what this can do, then maybe we'd be able to see more things like that, if that makes sense, more video game features. Like, I don't know how the how The Witcher is going to be on Netflix, but Detective Pikachu, it looks like a really fun movie. And it, it just it goes to show that the, the worlds that are created in video games are interesting and vibrant and full of life. And that's something that video games don't really ever explore. And I don't know if that's their fault or the producers, but it's just it's an avenue that if that door is opened, then who knows what we could get in the future. Well, it does come at a very interesting time because this is the most important weekend for Avengers Endgame. And I say that because we're not 100% sure if it will actually beat the all-time record holder in Avatar at just under $2.8 billion. Right now, it is just under a half a billion dollars away at this point in time from beating Avatar. And it needs a strong third weekend worldwide at the box office in order to go ahead and achieve that feat of becoming the number one all-time at the box office. And we will know by the end of the weekend whether or not it will go ahead and surpass Avatar or not. And I've got my fingers crossed. I'm actually going to go see Avengers Endgame for a third time. I'm also going to try and see if I can sneak in Pikachu at some point in time because i got a couple girls that want to go ahead and check it out. So it is something that is very interesting because there is now a viable contender to the number one slot. And even if Avengers Endgame still grosses in what, let's say, domestically about 70 to 75 million, Detective Pikachu, with all the good hype, 
with all the good buzz and all the decent reviews that are out there, it quite possibly could be not only the biggest video game adaptation movie of all time, but also it could be the number one at the box office. And that might put a damper on everyone's hopes of Avengers Endgame beating Avatar. So let me ask you this real quick. If Detective Pikachu ends up selling box office numbers through the roof, okay, do you think that we will get a live action adaptation of the first Pokemon movie? And if so, do you think that scene with Ash when he's turning to stone will be this generation's version of the horse dying in the never ending story? First off, not a lot of people even know that reference to the never-ending story. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. You almost forget about that scene, but I do remember it, and it could have that remnants of it, and we could be talking about it quite a bit. If Detective Pikachu scores, there will be a vested interest by Hollywood to go ahead and either revive the Pokemon movie in some form or fashion, or go ahead and just create a Pokeverse. You know, everybody's got to attach a verse to everything. The Josh Peterverse. Cosmos verse, you know. Yeah. We, a we, multiverse. Uh, there yeah, you we go. Cosmos and verses. So it's, 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 all, it's all good. Spider-Man Far From Home. Marvel's trying to copy our thing with the multiverse and all that. So anyways. Yeah, let's, let's patent this right now. TM, TM, TM. Okay, now you can talk to our lawyers. There you go. And a little C. The little C. The little copyright C. The real yes. copyright C, yep. Yes, yes. But anyways, it is going to be a great weekend at the box office for Detective Pikachu. And like I said, if it does as well as we think it will do, I think there will be a much more vested interest by Hollywood to go ahead and create more Pokemon movies to the big screen and cash in as best they can on it. And this is something that I think was a long time coming. It's finally evolved into Detective Pikachu, and it looks like it's really going to go places from there. But again, this is the biggest weekend of the year for Avengers Endgame, and anybody hoping for it to surpass Avatar as the number one movie of all time like we are, definitely going to be telling on where the movie will end up by the end of the weekend and we'll make sure we report it right here on our pop culture cosmos show coming monday what are your thoughts out there on detective pikachu are you going to go ahead and catch them all by checking out the movie this weekend at the box office and also as well do you think it will surpass avengers endgame share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanity media and game source on facebook twitter and instagram as well well, the next two great interviews coming up back-to-back starts off with Rayson Chu of the Singapore Institute of Mental Health and the Regacy Show. Check out his thoughts coming up right after the break. And then after that, Jenny and Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspectives podcast follow up with all of them talking about how best to cope with the loss in Avengers Endgame, both on and off screen. The fact that if you've watched it already and you're, you're trying to come down off that high and excitement Avengers Endgame, they talk to you about how best to deal with it and go ahead and keep that positive momentum going forward. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun, or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. 
Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. All right, and we're back with the program once again. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. You know, there's so much going on when it comes to Avengers Endgame. So many emotions, so many people that were were amped up for such a long time, so much excitement, so much anticipation, so much emotions and and inner drive going through so many diehard Marvel fans. And I wanted to talk to someone that really knows about dealing with these type of emotions because getting off that high known as Avengers Endgame, no matter how many times that they've seen it, there's got to be more once Avengers Endgame it gets out of theaters and, and the excitement is done because this is the biggest pop culture event of the decade, of our generation, mm-hmm. in fact. And someone I've got here today hopefully will provide some answers, and I think he will. He is the host of the Regacy Show that is just truly something you need to check out today on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I think it's 10 different podcast outlets. He is a member of the Singapore Institute of Mental Health. And like I said, that awesome host of the Regacy Show, it is Rayson Chu. Rayson, just so glad to have you part of the program. All right. Thank you so much for having me. And it's my honor and pleasure to be on your show. For that, I really admire your works, especially you talking about wrestling, talking about movies and games as well. Yeah, it's it's amazing. If I am racing in 2013, 2012, I would love to be on your show because I have been playing Left 4 Dead and all those games <laughs> in the past. So yeah, I, I'm thankful for you to be having me on your show. You know, I still long for the day that Valve will announce Left 4 Dead 3. You know, I, <laughs> I go to sleep every yeah, night know, right? and just pray just in a silent corner, just Left 4 Dead 3, Left 4 Dead 3. <laughs> but be that as it may, although... World War Z came out a couple weeks ago, and it's pretty good, but it doesn't quite fill that niche for me for, for Left 4 Dead 3. Not quite there yet, but we'll have yep. to wait and see. But yeah, as a motivational speaker and someone who really knows to get inside someone's emotions and how to help rebuild them, I, I'm sure Oh, in Singapore, I've seen it do tremendous amount of cash and a tremendous amount of excitement as far as Avengers Endgame is concerned all over Asia, all over Australia, over in that part of the world, just truly just uh, has, has just garnered so much acclaim. And I know a lot of people worldwide were just so excited for it. First off, when somebody has such excitement for such a, a you know, it doesn't have to be a pop culture event, but let's just say something that they're excited for, whether having their a new child or whether they're just, you know, a, something, a new show or new, you know, sports or or something, anything related to something that they're looking forward to for so long, and then that event happens, there's got to be some type of letdown after that happens, even if they can go ahead and try and and revisit again somehow. It's just always some type of letdown, is there not? Yeah, I mean, like, for example, okay, just now I was talking about wrestling, right? WrestleMania. This year's WrestleMania was a bit of a letdown for many. Like, they were so happy to go and watch WrestleMania where Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins again for the Universal Championship, right? Apparently, it was a very short match. And it was the first match and everyone were anticipating it to be one of the biggest WrestleMania for this year where there's so much of 
attention in the women division. So kudos to the women. I mean, the women do need all this attention as well. It's just that for the men, it was a bit of a very, I would say, boring start for, well, for it, you know, it had Brock Lesnar just wanting to check out. I yeah. mean, we thought he was True. going to the UFC. Apparently, he's not, according he, to Dana White. Correct. And uh, I was told, I mean, like I've checked out the news that he will be on the June event in Saudi Arabia, if I'm not mistaken, and Goldberg will be there as well. And when somebody probably told him he was going to have to drop the title, I think from there, it just, for him, he was, I don't want to say just basically phoning it in, but it looked like he was phoning it in. Yeah, I mean, like uh, after the event, he immediately left off and he flew flew off with his in his plane. So I was like, you know, it was a bit of letdown. Everyone were anticipating it. And then after that, they were, ah, oh, man, this happened. Yeah, and whereas for Avengers, it, it is something that I believe everyone were anticipating and they were so excited to watch it and they have that love for it. And of course, they definitely would love the Russo brothers to actually have another one for it. So we'll see how it goes. But I do believe there will be more to come, even if it's not from the Russo brothers, because after Endgame, there will be Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man, there's another series coming out. And then there will be X-Men as well. So probably they do not want to build up too much on the Marvel series in terms of Avengers, but they want to go into X-Men but yep. when when talking about Avengers Endgame, so many people had so much anticipation built for it because, of course, when you're building over the course of 20-plus movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is that amount of hype. And yep. seeing the inv- individuals out there and seeing so many people have so much built-up anticipation, yes, there is going to be a Spider-Man Far From Home and Black Widow and, and whatever they're going to be doing going forward as far as mm-hmm. movies in the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I understand Correct. Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be the last part of this as far as it's concerned. But for many, Marvel's Avengers Endgame is the high point, is the natural yes, high. And is. you and I are both seeing it by the numbers. I'm just wondering yeah. exactly how people can handle it all because a lot of emotions w- went wild, not only during the movie, but after when they realized that essentially that part of their life watching the 20 plus movies is over. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, the, in order to actually manage this, I, I would say that your mindset has to be set in, in a way where you have to tell yourself that it's going to be something that you're going to love watching just that you're not going to be so obsessed about it until you get depressed because it's going to end. Because ultimately, you still have a life to live. You still have a career to go to. You have a business to go to. You have family to go back to. So ultimately, yes, the hype is there, right? It's just like when Star Wars was very popular and to today it is still popular, just that they have a separate series that came out Right, and then after that, everyone went back to their work, and everything just normalized again. So for Avengers and Marvel and all this, it's the same. So we have to actually have this mindset to say that this is just a movie that we're gonna enjoy, or maybe a game that we're gonna watch, gonna enjoy in terms of like a sports game kind of stuff, because it will always be there. Sometimes, sometimes you wanna reminiscent of the past 
like how certain people love wrestling and they want to reminisce about how WWF was so amazing at the Attitude Era or even before the Attitude Era, it was amazing. It felt like it was so real and the storyline, no one knew that it was storyline based. It was more of like a, like as if it's a competition, right? So it's the and, same. And you know, what, I, I'm smiling throughout your whole last statement because this defines so many, so many pro wrestling fans. Well, back on my <laughs> day, the uh, Attitude Era was the best, and today's wrestling doesn't compare. I mean, if I had a dime for every time somebody said that, Rayson, I think I would be a very rich man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because right now it, it looks like WWE. Okay, even though. This episode is more of Avengers, but we sidetrack a little. So it's it's more of like Avengers is like the the what we call as the old Attitude Era of WWE, where there's so many amazing movies, but we are not so sure how it's gonna be after the End Game, right? So it's like how a lot of wrestling fans were anticipating, wow, what's after WrestleMania? What's happening after? Royal Rumble and all these kind of things. And the next moment is that some certain directors can give out certain and produce certain movies that's breathtaking, that's amazingly superb, that anyone and everyone would love to watch it again and again and again. So it's just like when we talk about this amazing movie like Back to the Future, right? Everyone would love to watch it again and again, even if they are the elderly, even if they are the millennials. They somehow, when you introduce them to certain, I would say, movies that were of the certain era, like in the nineties, and they will still love it. They will still love to watch it. So for us, we need to actually embrace and develop this kind of mindset where we know that. These movies sooner or later will end, right? The person who directs this, the person who produced this, will sooner or later will leave this world as well. So why not, at this moment of time, support it as much as we can, and also at the same time, don't forget that we have a family to go back to. Don't forget that we are still living in the world that is not Marvel, the world that is not DC not Transformers, not anything. We are living in the world where we are entertained by this and we still have kids to feed, family to feed. And that's just tremendous words right there. Once again, I'm talking to Rayson Chu. He is from the Singapore Institute of Mental Health, plus also his excellent show, which you got to catch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. It's the Regacy Show. R-A-Y-G-A-C-Y. That's the Regacy Show. Yep. You got to check it out today. Again, just truly an inspirational show. And he also works as a motivational speaker as well. And from that standpoint, as a motivational speaker, you obviously deal out there and obviously where you work as well with the uh, Singapore Institute of Mental Health with individuals that do become depressed for whatever reason out there. And as someone who does work with individuals such as this who in their lives for whatever reason, have come to grips with something that, that they no longer have in their lives, how do you effectively get those individuals to rise up and re-motivate them to be a positive part of society and to help them grow as individuals 
because people will be laughing when I when we talk about the subject because some of them will say, well, you know, it's just pop culture stuff. It's nothing to be really uh, emotional about. It's, you know, people are crazy mm -hmm. whatnot. But some people actually do get really emotional when it comes to pop culture events that touch their lives so deeply that when they don't have it anymore in their life, it just seems to affect them in such a hard fashion. So I know you dealing with individuals that are going through such a depressional stage. I know you know how to go ahead and not only help them, but offer at least words of advice that will set them on the right path. Yeah, so I, I believe for these individuals, I would say that, you know, it is something that I would say is not easy because all over the world, out there, there's so much about stigma because mental illness, cancer, AIDS, HIV, or even a punk who has tattoo, they have stigma. They have, the whole society has stigma towards them, unfortunately, right? Ironically, as it sounds. So we have to actually start to educate these people, right? I'm not talking about just the general public, but the family members of these affected people, especially those who are suffering from depression. We need to actually educate them about what they're suffering from. We need to educate them regarding what depression is all about, what's the signs and symptoms, and also at the same time, how they can deal with it, not just through medications, but we can also let them overcome it through meditation and also at the same time, affirmations as well. So word of affirmations such as, I am completely confident, right? I am stronger. I am beautiful. I am in control of my emotions, right? Things like this can help you to spark your inner drive. Of course, it will take a lot of time because people who are suffering from depression, they are actually lacking of certain hormones in the brain. So these hormones that are too much, mainly like dopamine, right? There's too much of these stress hormones in them. So they need to actually know how to reduce it by not just affirmations, not just by removing themselves from negative situations or negative people, but also at the same time, to learn how to look at things in a brighter light with a purpose in their life. So we need to actually let them know why they are actually so depressed. And also at the same time, how can they actually remove themselves from those situations through certain visualization techniques? And also at the same time, also letting them know and go through the process of acceptance. Because... Nine out of 10 times, a lot of people who suffer from any form of mental illness, they are not either, they are not aware or they do not accept what they have because of stigma, because of low education in terms of the government or the teachers do not know much about this. They only know, oh, when a person is depressed, it means they are upset, but it's more than just being upset. They can have more than just upset itself. They can be feeling very, very upset for more than a month, two months, three months. And even if they are watching Mr. Bean, for example, or just for laughs, they can't laugh at all. Or even if they were to laugh, it's just a minimum <laughs> kind of thing. So that's why 
in order to pull them out, we need to educate them. And then slowly, we need to help them out and guide them towards their recovery. Oh, those are some awesome words indeed. Once again, I'm talking to Rayson Chu of the Singapore Institute of Mental Health. Why do people need to check out your awesome program, The Regacy Show, now available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and almost a dozen different podcast outlets? The reason why they have to check out The Regacy Show is because The Regacy Show is not just about a niche itself in terms of personal branding, relationship, and things like that, but it's more focused on entrepreneurship because I believe being an entrepreneur, it's going to be tough. So we need to motivate and inspire entrepreneurs every single day. So instead of you know reading books, they can actually tune into something that's pretty local, even though we have international guests like Gary V, international guests like uh, Vikas Makani, Lisa Clank and so many other people that are very popular, not just in the local local media, but also they are popular in the international or Asia-Pacific region. So I believe people who are tuning in to the Regency Show can be inspired by their true life stories, things that they had to actually overcome, and at the same time, their golden nuggets that they have to share to these individuals that are tuning into my show. Those are some inspiring words about your awesome show. Once again, it is the Regacy show that's now available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different outlets. You know what? It's just been awesome speaking to you, my friend. Again, it's Definitely. been a pleasure talking to you, Rayson, and I wish you nothing yep. but the best of success going forward. You too, bro. Thank you so much again for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Back again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Gerald Glassford coming right back here with you. You know... It's still just the big thing in pop culture right now. It is Avengers Endgame. It's taking up all the records. It's just doing a tremendous job of bringing in an audiences worldwide. There's just so many people that want to talk about it. And two of the opinions I really want to hear today are just two awesome podcasters that are out there because you got to hear their amazing podcast. It's called the Changing Perspectives Podcast. It is now available on Libsyn, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different outlets. In fact, I especially like the one that deals with death in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in, the, in their opening, they start off with the birds chirping and all that. I really dig that, really dig that. <laughs> but it's just a pleasure to have them part of the show today. It is Jenny and Josh Brennan of the Changing Perspectives podcast. And I'll tell you what, it's just great to have you on the show. 
Thank you so much for awesome. having us. Thank you uh, so much. It's Avengers Endgame. I know you said before we went on air that you really enjoyed it, Jenny. And, and Josh, I have a feeling that you enjoyed it as well. But touching on the death of how to cope with it, because there's so many deaths out there in the movies concerned with the Avengers Endgame. But the actual deaths that are out there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that have already taken place on your awesome episode just one of the, the many great episodes that you have out there dealing with a whole bunch of issues. When it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I want to ask you first, as a parent, how did your kids react to the deaths that took place in Avengers Endgame? Well, so I, I hope I'm not throwing them under the bus, but all four of us. <laughs> That's our kids. That's who cares. I got two daughters. No big deal. Yeah, right. Um, all four of us cried multiple times in the movie theater. Oh, so, waterworks. Absolute waterworks. So me too, me really, too. Yeah, I think we all had very real reactions to that. Mm -hmm. And really the MCU for our family has been huge. Like our youngest son is 10. So he was born the same year, essentially, he, that these movies came he out. He has never known, I just realized this the other day, he has never known a world where the MCU didn't exist. And he's a gigantic fan. He was born the same year Iron Man 1 came out, and he just loves it. And he and he and he's not really a crier as much as all of us are, the rest of us, but he cried at Endgame. Yeah, sure. so it was a real, it was an emotional experience for our family. I know I've cried every time I've seen it. My oldest daughter actually did the same. She cried. She was still trying to process it. But my youngest daughter boasts it's beforehand and after the movie just, I didn't cry at all, Dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. It's like laughing at us. It's just like a, some badge of honor or something like that that she can carry on for the rest of her life or something. Right. But okay. I wonder if you could tell him that there was a time, your youngest son, about the time that DC actually was on top with the Batman movies and whatnot. Right, right. He's, he's, a, he's a big Michael Keaton Batman, the original, the OG, uh, first two movies there. He loves that. He's our comic book guy. He, he knows a lot of the source material, so he, he does like those movies a lot. But he's, I think Marvel's number one for him, tops for sure. Well, again, your show, The Changing Perspectives podcast, one of the great episodes was dealing with death overall in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Do you find, obviously, that the deaths of, well, I'm going to say it, spoilers out there. Spoilers, uh, yeah. Exactly. Iron Man and Black Widow, do you find those to be two of the top deaths that, that have taken place in the MCU? Absolutely. I, I mean, I would absolutely definitely agree. I don't know that. if I would say that about Black Widow, but definitely I have to think about that a little bit more about Black Widow, but definitely Iron Man, you know, that was, I, I feel like he's been the sort of biggest symbol throughout the entire MCU. He kind of kicked it all off. He's sort of been a father figure mm -hmm. throughout throughout it. So, yeah, I think it was a, a really big death, a big loss. It's such an impactful death. We talk about a lot of the time um, for the survivors, having that survivor's guilt. We talk about that theme a lot in a couple of our episodes, especially in the, in the MCU death episode. And that really is what the rest of the world will feel. Um, and if you've seen... Um, the, the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home trailer, the second trailer just dropped, and you can see a little bit of that. There's a little disclaimer, spoiler at the beginning of it with uh, Tom Holland. It's great. Tom Holland and his British voice, you know. Yes, yes right? Yes. I'm always thrown off by that. And you can see just the impact of Tony's loss, even in that trailer. And it's going to be really interesting to see when that comes out, how that's portrayed. Mm -hmm. Because you've got a bunch of folks with survivor's guilt, the rest of the world, who are actually surviving because of Tony's sacrifice. 
um, and how that will impact the rest of the world. On Black Widow, real quick, she's been such a mainstay. It was so I, I wasn't expecting that. I really in that moment on Vormir when it was between the two of for me it was really I, I don't know who's going to sacrifice themselves but it ended up being Nat it was it was rough but i think tony's a little bit more impactful for sure but she's well, been such I, a mainstay since since iron man 2 you know well I, I agree with you obviously there is no death more impactful with the mcu than the individual who started it all in right. iron man i will say that black widows is of great importance and i think is a strong number 2 I will give you the reason why is because my daughters were amazed by it that that a woman that they could relate to at that point in time was going ahead and doing that. And a female superhero, just ever since then, they became hooked. So right. her importance as far as that's concerned is big, especially if it sticks. And they eventually do an A-Force like they were hinting at as a possibility with that scene during the course of the battle with all the female superheroes together. If they have that without her, I think that's probably a little bit of a a really big wake-up call there if they don't figure out some way to bring her back as right. far as that's concerned. But it was interesting, though, the dichotomy of the way that it started for Black Widow as that assassin that was just killing senselessly and violently. And her story arc as far as Hawkeye saving her initially, and that story arc actually over the course and period of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has changed and evolved to where he was the one that needed saving because he was the assassin and she became the one that went to save him. So dealing with this loss, a lot of people will now have because this has been so much a great part of their lives. Sure, there's more coming up in the way of Marvel Cinematic Universe and you mentioned Spider-Man Far From Home coming up in the near future, but there's also the fact that this Avengers Endgame for the foreseeable future is the biggest moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and for many Dealing and coping with that is going to be hard for them going forward in the days and months to come. We talk about loss, and, and I'm a grief therapist, so so death and, and loss is kind of where I live. You experience grief anytime you're attached to something, and then you lose that thing that you're attached to. And for so many of us, we've become attached over the past decade plus Absolutely. to these characters. And I think what Marvel does such a great job with is character development. Like I was saying to someone... Technically, you probably could have done the entire MCU storyline in one movie, but you wouldn't have had any of the relationship development, any of the character development. And that's, for me, the most beautiful part Absolutely. of the series is those characters, those relationships. And so we become attached to them in a very real way. And so that grief, that sadness is real, you know, and there's, there's sort of the same reaction mm -hmm. as if you've lost a real person. Like the special effects and the visuals, those are amazing. And the MCU is doing it right. However, it's it's almost like sort of icing on the cake. The real heart of why we love the story, why we love the characters is what Jenny just said. That character development, seeing the story arc, seeing the characters journey through all these films, their relationships, the ups and downs. That's why you have such a strong connection to them and that attachment. And that's why it feels... I'm in a little bit with Charles. Thank goodness we've got Far From Home coming out so soon. Otherwise, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. <laughs> but that's just the thing I was trying to say is that there is going to be a big withdrawal for many of the diehard Marvel fans that have, like you said, grown over the 22 films of this Marvel Sam Act universe. For those individuals, there may be some that just are not sure how to cope with the fact that, I don't want to say it's over, but for quite a spell, there's not going to be this type of high, this natural high that they right. had and this natural sense of anticipation 
for Avengers Endgame that they will not have again for some time. Yeah. And I think we we all felt part of that, right? Like, even yeah. though we're not in the MCU, we're not in the movies, it felt very much like we were part of it. And now we're not. Like, now that, that chapter is sort of done. And yes, there will be more things to come. But that piece is done and behind us. And so mm -hmm. I think it's really important that it's okay for people to give themselves permission to say, you know what, I really am sad that all that came to an end. Yeah. I really am bummed that I'm never going to see, you know, that Tony Stark is dead and that I'm not going to see Iron Man in that way again, or that Black Widow is no longer with us. I think that's, it's okay to say, I want to talk about this with people. I need to kind of process this. And I think we're seeing that, you know, we're seeing lots of articles online, lots of discussion in social media every kind of party that we've been to in the past couple of weeks yeah, there at yeah. some point conversation has shifted to like, Ooh, what did you think of Endgame? How are you feeling about it? What was your reaction? And I think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. I actually do want to sort of do a deep dive into how they actually explored the role of grief in Endgame, particularly with Thor. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it provided a whole lot of like comic relief and it was really one of my favorite kind of storylines. But that but was, was his real grief happening in front of us. Yeah. He's like a poster child for grief, feeling the loss of everybody that we lost in the snap initially because he blames himself for that. That's a lot of loss to deal with on top of his parents, on top of Loki and all that stuff. And I mean, we saw that manifesting itself in, in his weight gain and his beer drinking and video game playing. So I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it was funny, but also real. And so there's opportunities there to have conversations about real things as well. Right. Nothing like a good game of Fortnite to get over the loss of trillions, you know. But I think both of our sons went right into it as soon as they got home the next day. Like, we got to focus on something else that's Fortnite. Yeah, just like Thor. Right. Yes, yes. Maybe Apex Legends, maybe that would have helped even more. But that leads me as far as Thor's concerned because while yourselves and actually myself, I thought it to be a nice touch of way of him trying to cope with it. And yeah. I, I know there was a lot of people criticizing that decision because, oh, it just glamorizes and humorizes alcoholism and depression and all those things. But how are you supposed to manifest as far as every single character processing it in the same way? I mean, we're talking about, uh, what, uh, nine different Avengers there that have to process this loss in several different ways. And with Thor, it's really close because, like you said, he had the chance to go ahead and do the right thing instead of going for the head, but he went for the heart. And because of that, he felt that tremendous sense of loss and he handled it in a different way. It, it might have glamorized it. It might have humorized it. But you know what? For the context of the narrative, I think it fit quite well for Big Lebowski Thor, for better words. Yeah. I mean, I think his reaction, Thor's reaction is a, is a really normal grief reaction. And so I think they portrayed that really honestly. And sometimes humor is a great tool to kind of navigate us into a space. You know, I think it would have been too heavy if they hadn't added the humor element to all of that. And yeah, there's the potential that it glamorizes it. It makes it too funny, but it gives us an opportunity to have real meaningful conversations about that after the fact. And you saw those moments where Bruce would say something or Rocket would say something, and you saw that real moment in Thor's face. And Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he just played that so well. He, he sort of danced between the humor and the seriousness and the loss so well. And I love that Marvel didn't put him back as thin Thor. He just kept him, even when the lightning came down and he, and he got dressed in his, in his suit and everything, the cape, he was still 
that Thor with the overweight look and the beard. And then I love but he did have the kind of form fitting outfit. I will say that. Right. right. <laughs> it must be the lightning. Really must be well the lightning. Done. You know, the thing I want to touch on next is your thoughts on where this sits in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I went on my spoiler cast and said exactly that it is a very, very good movie. It's in my top five in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where does Avengers Endgame sit with you both when it concerns the whole 22 movie arc of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, for me, it was my favorite. But now I guess I'm calling that into question. I guess walking out of the movie theater, to me, it just felt like perfection. Like it just felt like the right way to wrap up this chapter in the MCU. And for me, it really was my favorite because of the sort of what we saw in terms of the characters and their relationships and how they kind of handled everything. And I particularly loved when it was all the females in battle together. Uh, You know, that kind of, that, that kind of showed some evolution over time with the MCU. I I mean, for me, I think I would agree. I mean, my gut reaction walking out of the theater, I thought to myself, that was one of the top 20 movies ever for me because of the way it made me feel. And Mm -hmm. I think that it is at the top as far as MCU movies go. I mean, you got to give a lot of love to the first Iron Man. 2012 Avengers was at the top for me for a long time, probably still up there. But this one just tied everything in together. I was explaining it to a friend of mine earlier today who hasn't seen it yet, had had a chance. He's going today. And, he, you know, I, he said, no spoilers, but how, what did you think? And I said it, it was amazing and really touched on all 22 movies. I don't think there was, as far as at least just characters, there wasn't anything missing from the 22 movie MCU. And it was all sort of wrapped up as sad as it was, as powerful as it was. I think it's probably up there, probably tied for top between Avengers and and Endgame for me. Once again, I'm talking to Jenny and Josh Brennan of the Changing Perspectives podcast. You can hear their awesome podcast today on Libsyn, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. I said my piece about your awesome podcast, but you got to tell people out there why the Changing Perspective podcast is something they've got to tune into each and every episode that you both put out. Well, you, thanks first for those great words, Gerald. Yeah. I appreciate that. Good. Well, you know, we try to take topics that are important topics like death and make them accessible. You know, we try to have our podcast be light and fun, even though we're talking about things like mm. organ and tissue donation, how to prepare children for attending a funeral or a wake, how to handle pet loss. We don't cover grief on every episode. We also talk about sort of health and wellness and relationships, but we want to make conversations accessible and kind of easy. So our episodes are twice a week, every Monday and Thursday, and we kind of rotate between sort of a a heavy sort of grief related topic and a relationship related topic. And then we try to weave in the pop culture stuff too. And when we do some of these pop culture things, our, our kids also participate. We have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. So it's interesting to kind of hear their perspective about things as well. Mm-hmm. And in fact, our 10-year-old kind of guessed one of the big sort of plot points at Endgame. He really did. At the end of our Death in the MCU episode. I, I even said to him after, I said, did you see a copy of the script or something? <laughs> How did you even know that? He, was- he would have been one up on the actors themselves because they didn't get their <laughs> script half the time. Right. Especially Mark Ruffalo. Jenny sort of summed it up perfectly. We try to have fun. We try to be real, make these topics accessible and offer some different perspectives. And we say, you know, we invite everyone who listens to engage with us, reach out to us on social media because we love getting some feedback from folks and having them give us some ideas for different topics and things that they want to hear about. We forgot to say that we're actually married high school sweethearts. We are. So we've been together <laughs> for 25 years and we both work in 
and have worked in various capacities in the human service fields in healthcare. So we kind of draw our, our knowledge from our episodes, from our professional experiences. Well, that's awesome. And congratulations to you both on 25 awesome years. Thank My you. wife and I are still working on number 15. So we're, we're, we're a little ways behind you. We're Marvel Cinematic Universe behind you right now. So put that <laughs> in perspective there. But it, once again, it is Jenny and Josh Brennan of the Changing Perspectives podcast. Where also can they follow you as far as on social media? Because, you know, we live in such a social media world as well. Yep. So we are on Instagram yep. at, uh, do you have our stuff, Josh? It's Changing Perspectives blog yep. on Instagram. That's probably our most active page. You can also find us on Facebook, Changing Perspectives podcast. podcast. Mm -hmm. But really, Instagram is our is our big one, Changing Perspectives blog. Because I also am a writer, so there's also a, a blog component to what we do. Yep. And then email, you can email us at changingpodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Once again, it is Jenny and Josh Brennan of the Changing Perspectives podcast that's available on Libsyn and also Apple Podcasts as well and so many other different podcast outlets. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you got to come back on the show whenever possible that you want to come back on because I'd love to discuss more pop culture and different aspects of the pop culture realm that I don't normally get to talk to people about. It's just great to hear that side of it. Plus also what your family is talking about, because, you know, obviously when you have a pop culture family, but like you and like myself, it's great to go ahead and have that conversation in the house on what yeah. aspects of the different parts of pop culture that each of us like out there. So I cannot thank you enough. And like I said, I hope you get a chance to come back on at your choosing. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for having us. This was a lot of fun. We'll definitely be back. All right. Take sounds care. good. Looking forward to it. And I'll tell you what, it's just so great to have you both a part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCZ Multiverse. If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played on radio stations all around the world, Check out our listings today on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. You'll also get a listing of many of our podcast and radio outlets, including our returning to Weeby Geek. And also as well, we've recently been added on to the Pandora experience. So check us out today on Pandora or Weeby Geek. Plus also as well, many of the other great places that we're being played on, including Bullhorn, Podcoin, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and so many other different outlets. My friend, I know you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So tell me, Josh, what is going on with that great experience known as Humanica Media? There are a few things up in the air right now getting ready to work on, but you can check out our Avengers Endgame spoiler cast from Topicocalypse, now available online at all the usual places. And there will be a new episode of Topicocalypse going up today. So keep following the old social media pages to keep up to date with everything we're doing. Absolutely. And you can check it out today on HumanicaMedia.com or HumanicaMedia on Facebook. My friend, before we head on out, I've got to talk about three different things. First up, as we speak, they're showing off a lot of great footage for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. It looks like it's going to be coming October 4th of this year. 
right after what's going on with Borderlands that's coming out in September. So now we've got a really solid release in September and a really solid release in October. When it comes to Ghost Recon Breakpoint, it comes at a time where just two years ago, Ghost Recon Wildlands came out to eh, reviews and it didn't really connect with audiences, at least not to the point where they're still playing it or anything like that. I mean, it almost dropped off the face of the earth very quickly and and Ubisoft transitioned on to what then Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn and a lot of other great things as well that they moved on to. And it kind of just like pushed Ghost Recon Wildlands to the side rather quickly. Your thoughts on a new Ghost Recon breakpoint and if it's something that you think a lot of people would be interested in, or do you think, again, Ubisoft will go ahead and brush it aside with all the other good stuff, including Rainbow Six Siege, which is still playing well with audiences? I mean, th- there's always going to be a place for Ghost Recon games. I remember playing the um, Ghost Recon, just the original Ghost Recons on it was the Xbox, Xbox 360. Yeah, and I remember it's your typical third-person shooter. The original ones were very flawed, very clunky to play. It had a lot of issues, but then I heard Wildlands was actually not that bad. Like it, it got what sevens, eight across different platforms. But a world without Ghost Recon seems weird to me. But this one, it you know they have a lot, they have star power behind it, right? John Bernthal's in it, and they're going out of their way to market this game really well. So until any reviews come out or any like i would like to see some gameplay of what it looked like but they're not doing too bad with what they've announced so far for player co-op and stuff like that so i'm definitely interested to see how it goes but let me ask you this do you think the the tom clancy franchise that people really want and would really make them a, a good deal of money is splinter cell you stole that thunder from me because that was on the tip of my tongue as you were speaking because i was going to say splinter cell we haven't seen a splinter cell in quite some time at this point in time, people just move ahead to different things. I mean, look at Ghost Recon Wildlands. I mean, people moved away from that rather quickly because Fortnite, PUBG, those games were very similar in style to Ghost Recon Wildlands, and they were free to play and had a much larger following, and they just bulldozed over Ghost Recon Wildlands. So if Ghost Recon Breakpoint wants to do any type of action, you know what, it's going to have to be something that's much better than what was offered in Wildlands. And it's going to have to be something that's going to bring people away from Fortnite and also as well PUBG, because those are very similar in style to what Ghost Recon has always had to offer. Because if you remember, Rainbow Six had a very dead period too, where all the games that came out in that franchise was absolute garbage. And then now they kind of seem to be back in their game. I agree with you, my friends. So we'll have to wait and see what's going on because this is Ubisoft's latest release coming up, and that is Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and that is coming up October 4th to all the major systems coming up out there. All right, my friend, two great things to talk about before we head on out. And number one has to be the return of It because It Chapter 2 dropped its first teaser trailer at this point in time and actually looked like it was almost a full scene involving Jessica Chastain. Your thoughts on seeing the first creepy trailer for It Chapter 2. It was pretty creepy. I'll, I'll be honest. was not expecting Would you it. like some cookies? I've got yeah, some cookies baking. I mean, and you could tell like there's something not quite right with that lace. She reminded me of that movie that M. Night Shyamalan made. Visit. What? Yeah, it's called yeah the visit, visit because they try to put the kid in the oven. Yes. Like there's something with horror movies little kids are creepy and old people are terrifying so they're kind of playing onto that whole thing but um 
it I looks, just turned 50. That that's just you know makes no, me. No, you're good, man. Bad. I think like the the cutoff line for being a creepy old person is like 65. Yeah, like 50. I'm not yet eligible to earn all those senior discounts yet. Yeah, so. You're, yeah, so you're good, man. <laughs> but it looks good, man. It looks creepy. They walk that line pretty well between horror comedy and intrigue you know so it feels scary but at the same time it has a hint of et or super eight you know something that could be made by a poor director but at the same time has like a, a taste of jj abrams type filming in it which was cool i think the cast is very interesting obviously it's, it's an a-list cast because it chapter one did so well at the box office you're going to go ahead and get big names for the, when they're adults i think this is a heavyweight cast that could deliver very strongly on it and I find it very interesting to see that, you know, the names that are there. It's like X-Men West when you've got two of the main characters from X-Men going to It Chapter 2. So we'll have to wait and see what comes up for It Chapter 2. It does look very interesting. It looks very creepy. And I think it's going to do very well at the box office. And that would lead me into my last question regarding It Chapter 2, my friend. Could there actually be a franchise coming up for It? And could it lead us into an It Chapter 3, which didn't happen before and it's not really related to in the original Stephen King book? No, I don't think so, man. You'll think they'll close it out? I think they'll close it out because I don't think Stephen King is one to, I mean, I don't think the properties are actually his anymore once he got the books published. But I don't think that he would be on board to let somebody add on to his material if it's written by him then maybe that could be a whole other thing but i don't think many people purists especially would be happy if they kept adding more content onto the it movies the cashola my friend the cashola they may be too tempted to go ahead and try and lengthen that out into an it chapter three it represents that whole soullessness though of hollywood right we're ruining good stories for the sake of money welcome to hollywood my friend welcome to hollywood when they go ahead and make a chapter three out of one of your books, you're going to be very disheartened as you go ahead and drive away in your Ferrari. I'm going to go cry and I'll blow my nose in a $100 bill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What are your thoughts out there on the latest It Chapter 2 trailer? Are you excited like we are that it's coming back to screens later on this year? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, I want to make sure we thank Race and Shoe and the Regacy Show and also as well Jenny and Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspectives podcast. We truly appreciate them for stopping by and also hope that they will be on their show once again real soon. Before we head on out, man, what the heck was that Watchmen trailer all about? I don't know. I'm I'm so I've had multiple discussions with people about this and I'm I'm hearing different things. Like one person said that it's not adapted to the Watchmen specifically, like it takes place afterward. And then someone else said it just takes place in the Watchmen universe because obviously we saw in the trailer, right? There are a bunch of Rorschachs and Rorschach, if you haven't read the comic books, like, you know, he's kind of like your, your heartless vigilante. But over the course of the comic book, he grows a heart. And then he is one of those people where he's like, I have to do the right thing or you're going to have to kill me. And then the other Watchmen, you know, spoiler alert, the other Watchmen end up killing him because he can't get on board with their plan to ultimately save the future according to their version of saving the future. So it, it's just interesting to see like what they've done to Rorschach, what's left of him. Maybe in this alternate timeline, he didn't die. I don't know. There's too many things going on in this, man. Like it confuses me. Is it a continuation of Zack Snyder's thing? We don't know. Uh, is it another multiverse thing? Again, we don't know. Like there wasn't really enough revealed in the trailer to show what was going on. All that it really seems to share in common is the Rorschach mask. 
and the name Watchmen. Maybe I'll watch a couple episodes, but I'm I don't at this point I don't really care. And Don Johnson as a sheriff saying TikTok, TikTok. Right. Because I know that Alan Moore hates all the adaptations of his properties. So I'm not sure even like how he's feeling about this. Maybe he feels better as he's driving away in his Ferrari, blowing his nose on hundred dollar bills. Well, possible but i mean also like alan moore's art is having a renaissance on screen though right because we had v for vendetta we had watchmen not too long ago leave extraordinary gentlemen i heard that he hated but also swamp things coming out too so who knows man who knows maybe money will allow people to do great and terrible things to great and terrible franchises only time will tell my friend TikTok, TikTok. so for josh peterson This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Hello, Questers. This is Mandy, the host of Caster Quest, inviting you to enjoy our podcast where we explore the rich and vibrant world of Patrick Rothfuss's best-selling fantasy series, The Kingkiller Chronicle, soon to be adapted as a major motion picture and television show produced by the award-winning creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hungry for more content? Perhaps you will enjoy our recaps of HBO's Game of Thrones, Over the Garden Wall, animated Batman films, Whatever you're in the mood for, if you love a good story, humor, impromptu parody songs, and thousands of pop culture references, you'll enjoy our show. You can find Cast Request on SoundCloud, iTunes, and of course, our amazing network, the Earth Station One Network at ESOPodcast.com. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.